For Christmas a few years ago, I asked my parents for this ball that would float. I truly thought the ball was magic. When it arrived, I played with it for five minutes before I realized it was a very sad toy. Needless to say, I learned at a very young age that TV ads are full of lies. But I digress. My expectations did not match reality. We view the world through expectations. We head off to class or to work with this filter about the way something should work all the time. Coming to college really wrecked my expectations. And considering how college wrecked my reality, I'm taking you on a journey over a series of episodes into a tiny picture of some expectations of UVA Christian culture and how reality hit for these students. Welcome to When Reality Hits. I'm your host, Genevieve Charles. My name is Flannery, and I'm a third-year nursing student at the University of Virginia. Yeah, okay, so I was not raised Christian. Um, I come from a very loving family. I have a mom, dad, and sister, and they're, like, my favorite people, and I love them a lot. And so I think from an early age, I had an understanding of, like, unconditional love um, just because of the way that they modeled that in our relationships. But just due to different, like, social experiences um, with the church and political disagreements, um, my parents were pretty against Christians. And that meant that I was too, because, you know, I was like six through like eight, you know, I was their kid. And so I kind of just believed what they believed. Um, But through just different like mental health um, and eating struggles that I started going through when I was about 12, I found myself in a place of like powerlessness and needing to believe in something greater than myself. And so I started to kind of toy with the idea of God and then just due to basically like where I lived the best option for my high school was actually going to be going to a private Catholic school and that was the first place um, where I opened the Bible because it was part of our like sacred scripture curriculum and I don't really know what I thought um, was in the Bible before that but it was cool to suddenly like I, I didn't think it was stories And so, like, reading the Old Testament and understanding that, like, there is history here. um, And then reading the New Testament seeing, like, the fulfillment of prophecy. And I was like, whoa, wait, this is legit. And then we get to Jesus. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I love this man. And so I think um, I I didn't have, like, a come to Jesus moment specifically. But I would say throughout, like, that time period, I started to, like, understand the person of Christ um, as the Son of God. And so I started going to church on my own. And my family, like I said, very loving and supportive. And so they supported me, even though they didn't necessarily agree with me, which I think is really important and I'm very fortunate for. I went to like a very secular high school because I, I, I transferred from the Catholic school. Um, and so I didn't really have Christian community. And so coming to college, I was really excited to have like fellow believers. Um, and community is challenging because it's hard. And, you know, people are messy and like learning how to agree and disagree and how to give up of your time when socializing isn't necessarily like my favorite thing in the whole entire world. Um, But yeah, I think the value of community and the importance of having brothers and sisters in Christ to like spur one another on is really important. That's that's something that I learned in college. I never knew a time that I didn't know Jesus. Um, I grew up in a Christian family, going to church, and believing and trusting in Jesus and in the gospel. Uh, Then when I was around eight years old, 
I can't remember exactly what started it, but I was reading somewhere in the Bible and just kind of spontaneously was like, wait a minute, why am I not baptized? I believe this stuff, I, I should be baptized. At around eight years old, I was like, let's do this. So I read through the Westminster Confession of Faith with my family. I read through different places in the Bible. I met with the elders at the church and ended up getting baptized in my backyard, in my pool. We had a whole ton of people from church and from the community over, and it, it was a really good time. Uh, so that would be the first sort of landmark in my testimony. Then the second would be a period when I was probably around 10 or 11, maybe even 12, when I sincerely doubted my faith and I doubted whether it was really possible to know for sure whether I was saved, which is really interesting to, to think on looking back. After conversations with several pastors and my family and some friends and a lot of Bible reading and soul searching, I ended up coming to the conclusion that that I, I was saved, um, which was a pretty thrilling moment for me. Then the next point that I would talk about is sort of my college years. So freshman year was very, very difficult for me, but I held on to my faith through that period. Uh, at that time, I was not only baptized, but I had become a member at a church shortly before leaving for college. Um, and so I held to the faith through through a couple of difficult years. And there, there was a period of about a year, year and a half, where I wasn't just questioning whether it was possible for me to know whether I was saved, but I was questioning the faith itself. So I went through that, still going to church, still doing all of the Christian things that I had been doing for my whole life, um, but with a lot more struggle and doubt involved. And over the course of that, it, it was really difficult, but I held on to my faith through it and ended up coming out the other side to where I am now with a lot more uncertainty on a lot of issues, but still believing in Jesus and the gospel and still trusting that, Lord willing, I am indeed saved. Um, but I would say I was 15 when I actually gave my life to God. Um, I was going through a lot. My parents are elderly, my doctor parents. Um, they're elderly and there was a lot of sickness and a lot of stuff going on and I was just feeling really stressed out, you know, and really overwhelmed one night. And it just came to me. I'm like, you know what? All these old folk talk about like calling on the Lord and calling on Jesus when you're in all your trouble. So I'm gonna give it a shot, you know, because I'd never really done it before then. And so I just remember like I was laying in my bed. I was laying in my bed and I just was, it felt like I was talking to the ceiling. I was like, you know what, God, um, they say that you do this and you did this. And I'm going through all these all these things. But God, I know that you're my Lord and you're my savior. And in that moment, it was so surreal in that moment. I was I was crying. And when I said, God, I know you're my Lord, I know you're my savior, I went from crying because I was sad to crying because I was happy. Like something in my spirit just shifted from like pain to like happiness and just this immense and intense joy about God just, you know, dying for me. And that's when it became real for me. I said, that's when I 
really gave my life over. Um, but I didn't actually buckle down to get serious about it. Yeah. I don't have like the beautiful, like, yeah, I got saved and everything was peaches and cream girl now. Um, I didn't, I just feel like I didn't actually like fully, fully, fully take it seriously until I got to college. Um, my name is Olivia Frishing. I'm a fourth year at UVA, originally from San Diego, California. Um, and I am an econ major with a double minor in Spanish and religious studies. Um, so I was lucky enough to be born into, so I'm Catholic, I'm Roman Catholic, um, and I was blessed to be born into a household where both of my parents are Catholic. Um, and my mom is very practicing. She had a reversion to her faith at 33, um, which was the year that, or how old she was when I was born. And so it was while she was um, like rediscovering, or I suppose discovering for the first time really, her faith that I was growing up. And so from the time that I was able to form memories, I had a mother who who prayed and who talked to God um, all the time. And I think just like in observing her when I was little and going to mass with her and praying with her in the morning in the car before bed, um, I like implicitly picked up the way that she spoke to God and related to him, which was just like very simple language, um, humble, just a recognition that God was someone personal who, who knew her and who saw her, which meant that he knew me and saw me. Um, and so, yeah, I grew up just with a relationship with my mom that was very much defined by faith, um, which I'm really grateful for. And so growing up, I, I went to Catholic schools, actually preschool through 12th grade, not the same school, but I was in the Catholic education system until UVA, um, which was a beautiful opportunity to get to like learn about my faith in the classroom, um, but then also like practice it with the people around me. Um, and even though not everybody in my school system was Catholic, it was it was just cool that that was like the norm, um, because I think that was a little bit of a shock when I got to UVA was like, wow, like Catholicism is actually extremely like misunderstood and controversial. And um, coming here, I was forced to take a new ownership of my faith that I wasn't um, that I didn't have to um, up until that point. But I would say so from a young age, I would really say that my relationship with God was something very central and very personal. And I can't really pinpoint like a 180 um, moment in my life where um, like I know that so many testimonies are set up like um, I was like Jesus did now I am but I feel like my life has just been one long like string of just like small moments of conversion that like bring me deeper um, as opposed to like one central event which for a long time I think I was kind of insecure about because you would go to these like conferences or hear these talks and so often it was these like very sensational and beautiful like stories of God just like intervening in a very concrete way and totally changing someone's life and I was like I I don't have that like am I unrelatable and that's been like something that he has like put into perspective for me and healed over time I think I will I will put it into the context of one of my favorite saints in, in the Catholic faith tradition we have saints in the church um, so these are like ordinary men and women like very like every walk of life every age like and these are people who just like lived extraordinary holiness in like the time and in the place and in the personality that like God placed them in. Um, and so we like as Catholics now just look to their lives as inspiration for how to strive for heaven on earth. Um, and we ask them to pray for us from heaven. And so one of my favorite saints to this day, but especially growing up, um, her name is St. Therese of Lisieux. 
she was this young girl in France in like the late 1800s who um, lived a very short life, but like just had an extraordinary heart for God. She died when she was 24 um, and she had spent the last nine years of her life inside of like the same convent walls in this like cloistered convent in France. But she, and she had like the heart of a missionary. She wanted to be a missionary, but she had like ill health. And so she could never do anything besides like pray um, and love in little ways. And so for me, so St. Therese is known for like, it's called like the little way. And it's just like the idea of doing small things with great love and like making little sacrifices in the ways that we're able to. Um, And so for me at like the age, I think I really started to get to know like her story when I was seven or eight. And for me, um, that was very transformative because I I loved reading the stories of the saints as a child. Um, It's sort of like reading like hero stories, but they're true. And I, I loved the saints, but all of them, it was like they were like martyred in the first century or they like founded convents or they like traveled the world and like did all these things. And I was like, I'm eight. Like, I love God too. And it's the same God, but like, I, that's not within my capacity to accomplish. Um, and I don't feel like he's calling me to that. But St. Therese was someone who like made holiness accessible. And I realized that I could just, I think like even when I was little, it was even just like doing the dishes when I didn't want to, or like holding my tongue when I like wanted to say something that I knew I shouldn't have. And realizing that like those little sacrifices or like those little extra acts of love while like seemingly insignificant and hidden when done with a heart of love, like win souls for heaven and just um, help like me to grow in virtue. So I think that that is like what has characterized a lot of my, like what my faith has looked like in practice for the last, I don't know, for my whole life. Um, There's this pressure to tell the perfect story about who we are and how God has met us in sharing our testimonies. But honestly, the story is still being written, and there's a lot more to learn. Thanks for listening! If you enjoyed this episode and would like to help support the podcast, please share with friends. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out on LinkedIn or by email. And see you next time on When Reality Hits.